Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Today's a special day. It's Tuesday, and on Employment Matters podcast, it's Travel Tuesday, where each week we get the chance to dial in our members from around the world to share with us some of the important things we need to know about doing business in their jurisdiction. Today, we're learning about doing business in France, and I'm pleased to welcome my friend Philippe Durand, a partner at the Paris law firm Auguste Boussy. Philippe, good to see you again. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Just fine. Hey, let's let our listeners know something, if we can, in the next 10 minutes about doing business in France. Can you just yeah. give us kind of a general overview, if you can, on the jurisdiction, Philippe? Yeah, I could tell you about maybe economy, demography, and political structure. Basically, the French economy is doing pretty well after recovering from COVID-19. We are expecting a growth of around 6% for 2021 and a growth of around 4% for 2022. Now, by certain standards, this may sound rather modest, but by French standards, based particularly, Pete, on the previous years, these are pretty good figures. The public deficit, of course, no one will be surprised with this, and no one in our audience today will be surprised with this. Public deficit, of course, has been increasing a lot. Many other governments have done that due to the huge amount of money that has been put on the table to avoid bankruptcies and to help companies. Meanwhile, and I know, Pete, that you, you do like this country, and you might be part of those people who have this wrong idea, I hope not, of course, that France is not attractive because of its very friendly employment law, which I'm sure we'll be talking about in two minutes. But despite that, Pete, you may not know that France is the most attractive country in Europe for foreign investors. And it's been like this since 2019, ranking before Germany or even before the UK. And on top of that, I would say that we also have a, a recent law, which we call Loi Pacte, which was passed in 2019, which is going to reduce to decrease French company tax from gradually from 33% to 25%. So all in all, pretty attractive country, good, good productivity as well. Not the top one, but good productivity per capita per employee. In terms of demography, Pete, we're up 67 million people or something like that. So that's about a bit bigger than California, but size-wise, we're about like Texas, if I try to take U.S. standards and by way of comparison for our audience today. And about demography, we, we have a good fertility rate, 1.8, which is a good fertility rate, 2.1 being the magic figure to make sure that your population is being replaced. So top fertility rate as well in Europe. And about government, well, this is a fifth republic, as we call it, with a constitution that has been in place since 1958. With a regime where I would say, a political regime, I would say, Pete, which is very much in the hands of the president. The parliament, uh, we do have a parliament, of course, but most of the big decisions, the big impact that is given by the institutions really comes from the president. So it's, it, it is a kind of presidential regime, French language, of course. That's basically what I would say as a brief summary about the jurisdiction. Great summary. And again, my visits to France are always pleasant and productive, and I would agree it's a lovely country. Tell me about the businesses that are in France. What are the key industries? Well, you know, when I was at school, we were taught that the economy would be divided in three sectors, you know, agriculture, manufacturing, and services. Agriculture, even though it's a strong element in the French economy, keeps going down. It's probably around less than 3% of our GDP. Meanwhile, manufacturing has been decreasing as well due to globalization. And the pandemic has shown in certain areas where France is suffering for 
a major loss of certain industries. So manufacturing will be only around 20% of the GDP. So all the rest is around 75, 76%. And all the rest is basically services, like law firms. Top ranking in that list would be the trade sector, around 13%. And the rest, uh, B2B services, public administration, transportation, education, etc. So mostly, like many Western Europe countries, by the way, mostly services with a certain reduction, which I think a bit worrying about this decrease in manufacturing. So let's talk about moving a business into France. So when someone's coming to France to open up an organization, let's say they want to employ locally, of course. Can you give us a sense of what some of the key structural issues in France are? Works councils, unions, some of those kind of things. What do we have there? And has there been any major changes in the last year? Uh, that's a good point, Pete, because among these, you, you just say works council, staff representation, that's a key issue. Before I talk about that, I would just like to say that there are usual issues when you start recruiting people in France, which would be around discrimination, non-bullying. We have all that stuff in our employment code. But I think that it is worth spending a few minutes for our audience today about staff representation, because works councils in companies with more than 50 staff in France have pretty strong powers. It doesn't mean they, they can veto any investment, any ma major business decision. No, they cannot veto that. But you have to consult them, just to consult them, and they have to vote on your project anytime you do a major move. Again, only in companies with more than 50 staff and a works council. Bearing in mind that a works council is required in France after beyond 11 people, 11 full-time employees. But that works council would have varying different powers depending on your headcount. Between 11 and 50 staff, limited powers. More than 50 staff, pretty strong powers. It's on budget, can retain an expert, a lawyer, and they can slow down certain decision-making process. So staff representation, as you said, is a key issue. Now, Peter was asking about recent changes. Well, COVID-19 has changed something significantly, I would say, which is more of a cultural aspect, which is home office. I would say the French people, the French staff, was not really into home office before COVID-19. This has become more and more widespread and into our working culture. So a lot of people, I see that with cases that clients would, uh, would entrust to us, some staff would not want to return to the office. So strong evolution in favor of home office. Sustainability and environmental issues are to be discussed with the Works Council on a regular basis. That's a recent law of August 2021. And the third item I wanted to tell briefly our audience today about, Pete, is pensions. Pension is a big issue in France. It's a hot topic. Many politicals would not dare touching the topic because that's very easy to get a lot of people on the street demonstrating and having the country almost paralyzed. But we have a, a kind of pay-as-you-go system. In other words, people who are retiring today have their pensions being paid by me and other people contributing to the French pension system. And because of demography, this system is, is lacking a lot of money. And so some urgent reform needs to be done. But that is, that is not really popular from a political point of view, as you can imagine. Well, this is an interesting discussion because we've talked about how pro-investment France is, but yet we've also talked about how powerful some of these works councils and these employee organizations within the company can be. So what's your sense, Philippe, in the general business climate, would you say that France is more pro-business or more pro-employee? Well, if you want to put it this way, I would say that in essence, it's more pro-employee, to be really honest, because our employment code 
as I was saying earlier on, is really employee-friendly. But over the years, I would say that this, all this corpus of rules and regulations has become more and more employer-friendly. And I would like just to take a few examples. For example, for a long time, when you were dismissing people, you would have to pay damages in court if the ground was not fair vis-a-vis our French standards. And there was no, no cap, no, no maximum, no minimum. A court could grant anything between one month and four or five years salary if the court found it was appropriate. Macron in 2017 has set a schedule whereby there's a maximum amount that courts must apply for each tranche of length of service, depending how, how long you've been within the company. That was a major change. Macron also changed and simplified all the staff representation that the Works Council mechanism I was talking about to make it more employer-friendly. And I would also make a comment, because this is another wrong idea that some people may have about strikes in France. And I'm not questioning the fact that this country can be paralyzed sometimes by striking. But the funny thing is that although this is a confidential rate, it's hard to know exactly the truth. But the common thinking is that the percentage of people who are unionized in this country is around 8%. So you would think, how can a country be paralyzed for several weeks, if need be sometimes, with big and huge demonstrations with only 8%? Well, the answer is very simple. Those people who are strongly unionized are in public utility services, public transportation. So when the French national railway mechanism is on strike, well, the whole country is paralyzed, despite the fact that the rest of the private economy it would be prepared to work normally. Very interesting. So let's wrap up with our last question in our Travel Tuesday interview, which is really talking about the cross-border opportunities. Now that we're such a global organization, we've obviously spent an incredible amount of time online and working in meetings there, but now people are moving back and forth between countries a little bit easier. So what are some of the immigration standards in France and how would you classify them? Easy, hard? Do you have any special programs for expats? Give us a sense of that if you would, Philippe. Well, Speaking of immigration, you have to draw a, a big distinction between EU and non-EU. As you probably know, and I'm sure our audience knows that as well, there are specific rules within the EU where immigration is pretty easy. So coming back to your question, I would say easy, definitely easy, when the investor is a EU, is coming from an EU country. That's about 20, that's 26 other countries in Europe. Now, if you're talking about non-EU countries, depending on the country, of course, I would say it's still pretty easy. Of course, there are more paperwork to be done. There are special programs for expats as well. Secondment can be done as well. And if you would take the example of the UK, because the UK is not in the EU anymore, as we all know, or if you would take the example of the US, for those countries doing business in France in terms of immigration, is still pretty easy, definitely. Great. Well, that's encouraging. So always great to hear from you. And again, France is a fascinating country. So for those of us that are visiting there on a personal basis, I'm sure you'll have a great time. I don't know about your agriculture, but I've had some pretty delicious food there. So as long as there's still some of that kind of farm fresh (laughs) stuff out there, I'm still coming. And for businesses moving over there, it sounds like it's a great opportunity for those. And certainly employees are going to be well-treated. So Philippe, thanks again for your time today. You're always a pleasure to have on the show. It was great talking to you, Pete, as well. If you'd like to connect with Philippe, you can find his bio on the ELA website. Just go to the big Find a Lawyer widget in the center of the page. Click on the country. You'll find Philippe there under France. Also, make sure to bookmark our website at ela.law. On the website, you can receive invitations for upcoming webinars, download white papers, or get access to our on-demand library. Or more importantly, and most importantly, use the ELA's exclusive global employer handbook. This tool is a valuable tool 
covers 170 plus jurisdictions around the world. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers, and the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks for listening.